This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. What a treasure we have coming off of Christmas in the 11th verse in the 8th chapter of the Song of Solomon. And wow, (laughs) I think the whole Bible comes together in so many different ways. And certainly the Song of Solomon comes together here uh, as we are heading into the conclusion. Uh, We just have a few more verses left. uh, And here we get another amazing teaching from Solomon. And there are so many things in the Bible that get connected here. It's unbelievable. It is the hoof verse, which is very significant in understanding the verse, in my opinion, and um, we'll get into all that. But that letter hoof is is like a crown that, that goes over the top of your head and has a whole lot to do with desire. And so as we jump into this, verse 11, Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Amman. He let out the vineyard unto keepers. Everyone for the fruit thereof was to bring a thousand pieces of silver. So <laughs> the couple has been talking about, you know, their children. And we believe that, you know, that if they're a wall and, and or if they are a door. And so now, you know, and we realize that, that the bride was a total package. Well, here we see that the king, you know, Solomon, he is the total pi- package as it starts out with when it says Solomon. Of course, that whole idea of Shalom is the same thing she just left off with was saying that she was the Shulamite or she was going to be in peace based on the fact that he, she'd have been adorned with so much uh, that, from her beloved. And so, you know, here, you know, it begins off with that whole idea of shalom when it says Solomon, right? And you can see that, that part of the completeness of that is this vineyard. And you might note <laughs> that the Bible starts off with a garden. And as the Song of Solomon started out with a vineyard, you remember she wasn't keeping hers too good. And she was black because she'd been keeping her um, mother's children's vineyard, as it were. But now that the, the love team has worked hard on her garden, we're going to begin to see what all this is coming together to do. And so, you, you know, Jesus taught on this verse clearly, you know, several times um, in so many different stories and different parables. He talked about the vineyard, but specifically in, Mar- in Matthew chapter 21, and then again it's repeated in both Luke and Mark, it's talked about when he let out the vineyard to these keepers and they didn't pay the taxes, so to speak. They didn't pay the thousand pieces of silver. Instead, you know, they beat the prophets and they eventually killed his son. And then Jesus goes on to say that he's going to let that vineyard out to other uh, keepers, which, you know, we believe that the original ones he was talking about were the Jews who would actually kill his son and then, you know, give it to the church, which is us, which hopefully, again, we're going to be the total package and hopefully continue to bring these pieces of silver, which to an own extent, I think at some point in time would, would literally be the Jews and the Greeks and the Romans and all the people that were possibly be able to come into this garden but it was really, really cool, and, and again, speaks to the letter hoof, and, and just the first thing that God showed me in this verse that just literally blew my mind was when you look closely at the word silver, the Hebrew letters give us a specific, oh, just a fantastic idea of what Jesus taught on <laughs> when it came to the coins that, that when they said, you know, whose likeness is this, or where Jesus said, whose likeness is this. So when you look, you know, when the Pharisees tried to make um, him 
you know, trip, trick himself up by saying who should pay, you know, whether or not you should pay taxes to Caesar. That story really comes together in this verse in a very beautiful way because the idea of silver is a hoof, which has to do with the crown, and then a psalmic, which is the idea of support or to hold up. If you look in the 119th Psalm, you see that clearly. The psalmic has to do with that. And so here you see this is whatever it is, is supporting the crown, which silver does that in so many different ways, especially when you see it in this way, when it's being used to pay for the vineyard or to pay the taxes on the vineyard. But the last letter is the significant thing to me that just blows my mind. It's a letter pay, which has to do with your face. So when you think about silver, not only does it support the crown, but it reflects the face of, right, <laughs> the master. So if, if Caesar is your master and, and your idea is that you're going to go about, you know, doing things for Caesar, then you render under Caesar what's Caesar's. But if the idea was to be tending Jesus's vine, which is what we're doing here, or his vineyard, Solomon's vineyard, then we're going to render onto Jesus what reflects Jesus. In other words, you know, <laughs> the silver or the fruit thereof, which also starts with the letter pay, has to do with when you look, you know, the old idea that when you refine silver, when the, when the master can see his face in the reflection, the silver has been refined, right? And so here we see that as, as Jesus sees himself reflected in the vineyard, then he's, he's getting his taxes. And interestingly, that word thousand there, that it's, it's really huge because that's a heck of a return on your investment is a thousand. Um, but another interesting thing is that that word is exactly the same word in Hebrew as the word. In other words, how it's spelled is exactly the same as the word to teach or to learn. And, and so it's kind of neat when you think about how we work in this vineyard that, you know, if, if, if we learn, then we, we turn around and teach and, and, and in so many different ways, you know, based on where you're planted. And the other thing that came to my mind as I was just pondering this verse is you might remember back uh, in the fourth chapter where Jesus is describing us and he says that we're a fountain of gardens and, and a well of living waters and streams flowing down from Lebanon. Well, when you think about that and you think about the first Psalm, right, where, where it says <laughs> you're, we're going to be like to oak trees planted by rivers of living waters. Well, as you, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but I thought about this a lot over Christmas, is God has put so many amazing streams and rivers, <laughs> you know, as, as part of his garden, as paradise of pomegranate, so to speak, all the other believers that are in your life, you know, they're all like all these trees that are planted right there that God planted you, he planted me, and then because he's put us not only by his word, but by these other believers that have a relationship with God, there, there are so many of us that, that, that I just get a chance to go to have lunch with around Christmas and that kind of thing. And, and the streams of living waters that flow out of these different believers is just blows my mind and all the different ones that God has put in my path. And, and so as I reflect on the first Psalm, you know, and think again about the whole idea of a garden, which is what this is all about, is how in the world are we going to get a thousand pieces of silver? I mean, there's the big question <laughs> that, that, you know, like, whoa, this is a high tax, you know? And so how, how do we make sure that we make our payments, so to speak? And again, it's nothing that we do. That's the beauty of it. The, the beauty of the thing is, to me, 
It's interesting, as you enter into this relationship with Jesus, you go deeper in his word, and then you in- inherently just are fed by the, by the Holy Spirit and by him and by the Father. And as you're fed, you just naturally want to talk about what you learned. And as you, as you chance to share that with other believers, you know, the, the, the thousands of people, pieces of silver are not something that you just got to go out, man, I really got to do a lot of work to do, get this thousand pieces. Of silver. <laughs> it's like, this comes so natural, just like actually, you know, what I'm doing right this minute is so natural for me to sit down and record this for you because I'm so excited about what God taught me about the letter hoof here and what Jesus taught about, you know, rendering under Caesar what's Caesar's and rendering under God what's God's. And here, this whole idea of the vineyard is repeated time and time and time again throughout the Song of Solomon, but also, you know, obviously from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, we're going to see it <laughs> again and again, that the idea is there is a harvest, okay? And, and there is a planting and there is watering. But the other key word that I don't want to neglect in this verse is the idea of keepers. Who are these keepers? Well, you know, Adam was placed in the garden to keep it. And that word keep, that very word that's translated keep there in Genesis is used in the 119th Psalm 21 times to keep. And and there's another version of the word keep that's in there another 10 times. So there's 31 times that the word keep is made reference to in the, in the 119th Psalm. And it has to do with all these ideas of keeping commandments keeping the law, keeping his word, and keeping, you know, the the precepts, which is the meeting together of one another, which is one of the beautiful ways that, in other words, as we keep all these things that are mentioned in the 119th Psalm, the rest of it just is natural. And so it's, it's interesting what you know, you may consider it to be work or whatever that you're supposed to go do. What, what, what Adam got to do was just a delight as, as he was keeping the garden. And, and we get a chance to keep commandments, right? Loving one another, you know, as, as, and, and loving God with our heart and soul and mind. And as we get a chance to keep precepts and meet with another and keep his judgments, right? That we know where God is judging. We allow it's his, you know, idea of judgment and allow him to come in and disrupt our lives and rebuild them in so many different ways. In other words, this task of a thousand pieces of silver seems overwhelming, but the amazing thing is God is so abundant, and if we just trust him, if we just do our part to keep those things that that, that psalmist mentioned in the 119th Psalm, as the psalmist mentioned in the first Psalm, as the things that Jesus talked about in his teaching, clearly, you know, it's all there at our disposal, and, and it's a joy to do it. It's so much fun. And, and so it's amazing to think that, that we would have that kind of harvest. But it just comes naturally. And actually, the harvest is his anyway. And it's going to reflect him. And so it's pretty cool that we get a chance to reflect him in such amazing ways. I hope you enjoyed this verse as much as I did. I'll never uh, look at it in the same way as I've had a chance to ponder over these three days in order to do this one podcast, which I know may be long. But I pondered a lot about this verse and the idea of the keepers the idea of the silver, the idea of Salome that, that again is coming together, this harmony of fire and water as we get closer to heaven. Thanks for listening.